This episode of Orodua, Horomona connects with researcher, composer, academic, and matangareo, Dr. Tiahukaramu Charles Roy. Nongati Fanaunga, Nongati Raukawa Tehoki Tetonga, Nongati Tabatera, Nongapuhi Hoki. Tiahukaramu explores his involvement in Tiapuoro as a classically trained musician with a passion for the indigenous musical practices of the Maori, including Te Reo, Moteatea, Haka, and Takoro and how this passion has led to a deep love for the whare tapere and all of its fascinating complexity. Nō reira e teiwi, whakarongo mai. Tēnā tātou katoa e te whānau o te motu, tēnei au, a horomonohoro e mihi atu ana ki a tātou i te rangi nei. Kia ora whānau, uh, once again in this Ororua podcast series, we go around the motu having a kōrero with people involved in the beautiful world of Taonga Puoro. And uh, today is another special day. Uh, I am joined here by a beautiful practitioner, a wonderful kete mātauranga, and uh, just an awesome brother from another mother in terms of kaupapa Māori, uh, wānanga Māori and the revitalization of our mātauranga. And so, tuatahi e hoa, tenei te mihi nui ki a koe, tenei te mihi aroha atu ki a koe, ko koe tēnā, kwa pātata mai nei, ko uru mai nei, ki roto i tēnei kaupapa o ororua, uh, no te whānau o haumanu, uh, mm. tēnei mātou e mihi kauatsuana ki a koe e te uri o haumanu, uh, nō reira, Tuatahira e, uh, e te tuakana, tuatahira, whakamaramatu ki te whanau, uh, ko waira anō uh, hea rā koe. Kia ora, tēnā koe horomona, uh, tēnā koutu katoa, koutu e whakarongo mai nā, i o koutu kāanga, i o koutu wāhi mahi, uh, ki a hau e kōrero atu nei, ki a māo ko horomona, e mihi atu ana, uh, tōku i ngoa ko te ahu karamu, uh, noko hauraki a hau, uh, kōku iwi ko Ngāti Whanaunga, ko Ngāti Tamatara, Nō ngā tirau ko hoki i te auki tatoa, nō ngā pohi hoki a hai. Hoi nō tōku kā ngāke, kai kaiaua, kai whakatiwai, kai konei hoki māui tēnei wā. Tēnā koe hoa, we are now in Series 2 of Ororua podcasts for our haumanu whānau. And uh, in this journey, uh, we've spoken to a number of practitioners, a number of artists in and around uh, the journey of Taonga Puoro. And so one of my first questions to you, Ehoa, is how were you introduced to this amazing world of Taonga Puoro? Yeah, yeah. So I think the first thing to make clear from the outset is that I'm not actually a Taonga Puoro practitioner myself, I, but I've <laughs> hung around with a lot of good mates who are <laughs> such as yourself, Ora Ora. Um, I, I'm a musician first and foremost and went to music school and 
and there's things that lots of things to say about that. But after leaving music school, I really wanted to plunge myself into music of Aotearoa, and I was also very interested to learn to do Māori and my own whakapapa and things like that. So I really plunged myself into all of that and went off, as I say, describe it to myself, I went off in search of a music indigenous to Aotearoa. And uh, the music that I first found and I found was, was, was the real itself, was te reo Māori and learning more teatea and kōrero and things like that. And so I really got stuck into all of that, learning waiata, motawhito and karakia and all of that kind of stuff and, and loved it. And that's, that is the music, the indigenous music I found in Aotearoa. And then along the way, because I was a musician, uh, of course I was, I was involved in a lot of Māori musicians. Um, you know, I played in Aotearoa the band a bit way back in the day, for example. <laughs> And I played in uh, another band called Tobida, which was a band in Aotearoa. Ah, and, uh, and then played on a lot of other mates' projects, different, you know, Tony Huata and different people. I played in different things. It didn't take too long before I met Hidini Melbourne. And uh, Hidini and I were on the original Huata Tangi committee in the early 1990s, where we were all you know, developing plans around Māori music generally. And of course, uh, Hidini and Richard were, you know, really in flow then with developing uh, the modern uh, Tonga Pūro practice that we know now. And so that's, that's where I met Hidini was in the early 1990s, and that was my introduction to Tonga Pūro. And we ran a hui in 1994 at Tawana which was really kind of the, uh, kind of the formal starting point, you might say, for me into the world of Tonga Pūro, although I'd kind of done a few things before that, but we had that hui in 1994 in Ōtaki, and uh, that was where Te Kūtefer was launched, and uh, and Richard was there, and Hidini was there, and other wonderful people, Rangiria Headley was there, Moana Maniapoto was there, Bernard Makawari was there, Ray Mercer was there, uh, Brian Flintoff was there, Richard, of course, was there and so on. And so that was my kind of like my first kind of formal, you might say. And then as a part of Puatatangi, um, uh, we did a couple of performances with Hidini uh, of presenting the work of Puatatangi with Hidini playing and okay. various things. I remember we did something in the Wellington Art Gallery in 1993 or something. Remember we all went to Gisborne one year. Uh, as Puatatangi uh, Hidini was there, we went to see Ahorangi Genesis playing in the in the Gisborne Town Hall, and um, yeah, yeah. So that was it was that the early nineteen nineties when I my introduction to the world of Tonga Pūro. Mm. As Homanu has been going through its stages of evolution. Uh, mm being mentored and being inspired by the likes of Ahirini Melbourne and Richard Nunns, Te Rangihiria Headley, those names you mentioned. As a musician and as you were going for those journeys, you were saying earlier that it was through um, your love for Te Reo Māori and, and Ngamo Teatea mm. uh, that sort of like uh, led you into this pathway um, that you are on as a, as a musician, as yeah. a practitioner, as an artist. I remember at a number of wānanga that we would have with uh, Papa Hirini and, and, and Papa Richard uh, in Rotorua, mm. 
And, um, you know, one of the uh, things mentioned was during the revitalization, uh, one of the things that, you know, really assisted in uh, the melody lines, the, the rhythmic patterns, was actually through uh, the listening and the delving into that realm of Ngā Mōtetea mm. and its connection to Taonga Pūro. As practitioners today, uh, one of the foundational uses of playing Taonga Pūro was actually accompanying the Mōtetea. Yeah. And it was through the likes of one of your... Uh, the queer from uh, Ngāti Raukawa, yeah. uh, Pairoa Winera. Yeah. Uh, and through those particular early archival snippets that yeah. came through. And so as a practitioner in the Mōtete field, yeah. uh, what would you call the relationship between the the singing of the Mōtete and what you've heard so far in regards to the playing of Taonga Pūro and accompaniment or the playing of Taonga Pūro with Ngā or as the Ngā Yeah. Well, my first response would be to say kia kotahi te reo, meaning that there was no real differentiation between them. Uh, kia ora. Meaning, and what I mean by that is, you know, I'd set off on this journey to kind of, you know, find a music indigenous to Aotearoa. You know, a, 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 what would be a Mātauranga Māori approach to music making? You know, what do we regard music itself to be? And the place I got to was this idea of reo not being language, but being voice. And that reo is to do uh, with the reo of the natural world, with the voices of the natural world. And so, you know, and I first kind of cottoned onto this when one of our aunties in Ngāti Rauko described uh, the Poyati Takupoi Pātere and said that you, you, when you sing Pātere, you are to be like the, uh, the sound of rapids in a river and the way the pebbles move across the, the um, and, and, and bump into each other in the rapids, that is what the Pātere sound is. Mm. Uh, and then later, my uncle Māori Marsden from up north uh, used the expression ki te neri te hau, if the wind is boisterous and and so on. And then that gave me a clue. Well, when you do a nidi, which is a kind of, kind of chanted composition, you're like to you're supposed to be like a boisterous wind. And after a while, I came to see that this was the entire model that our people had, that when it came um, to performing, when it came to playing our instruments, they're to bring the voices of the natural world to life there. And the point that that really got me on this thing was um, finally was um, uh, my uncle Māori's explanation of the examination, the final examination of the tohunga, of the student in the Fariwanga, that they had to go out into the natural world and they are to, if they're dedicated to Tāni, for example, they were sent out into the forest and there to uh, meditate, whakatiki, and to undertake uh, nohopuku, was meditation. And the whole idea is that they're not to return to the Whariwaranga until a truly original idea or thought has come into their minds. And if it had, they could then return and say and present the case, you might say, to their teachers that I have had an original idea. And the question of the examining priests to the student is, that's exactly the sentence that Uncle Māori used. Pehene te kōrero a te wairua a tāne ki a koe. Meaning, 
you know what what did the what did the spirit of Tani tell you or say to you but what I think the quality is what I say is not just the thought that Tani has given to you but what is the voice the corridor that has been given to you from the tree the tree has spoken into you and given you voice and you articulate yourself so this is this is I th think this is deep indigeneity. This is mm. deep mana whenua, deep tangata whenua tanga, the degree to which the natural world speaks into our consciousness and into our creativity, and we allow it to do so, you know. Mm. And I think that's that's fundamentally what underpins more teatea, that's what underpins, um, you know, or particularly the performance of more teatea, particularly the way we stand to be like the trees and you know, or be like the birds and to, you know, and to perform and so on. So I think um, ultimately Motete and Taonga Pūrua all come from that one idea, that one mm. realm of the deep identification and connection with the natural world, yeah. Yeah, because well, you see that a lot with um, this whole reinvigoration recently in Aotearoa in and around the Kaupapa of Rongoa and a lot of people using, once again, the use of taonga puoro and different rongoa practices or healing practices. Uh, I remember when I started learning from Papa Hirini and Papa Richard uh, and we'd go to different wānanga, there were times where, you know, some of the words uh, like ori ori ngao uh, and uh, ori ori uh, ore ore and uh, a number of different types of words that would be used just to get people to sit down, to close their eyes and just listen. Mm. Listen to te reo whakatangitangi o te puoro, mm. whether it was the kowawo, the putorino, whichever instrument a person held uh, or swung or beat. Uh, and it took people back into that state of, as you said, the, the noho puku mm. uh, and uh, reflected on the breath of, of the person. And uh, I do remember... Um, hearing the likes of those uh, komatua from back in the days, like Papa uh, Hiko Hohepa yeah. of Te Arawa, yeah. where in a lot of the old pātere or waiatatangi, waiatamotete that they would sing, you would never hear silence between a verse or, right. or any line of kupu. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the person, there would be somebody within the tira that would start the next line before the end of the last kupu is said. Mm. And so from the start to the end of that particular wayata, there was never a break unless yes. it was specifically within the meaning of the story of that patere yes, or yes. motetea. Mm. And so it gave the importance of the breath mm. um, and the importance of that, uh, as you said, in, in the motetea, in the oriori, in that. And so, oh, ngā mihi nui motera. You have a lot of people today um, that are, you know, finding a new love for Taonga Pūro. Yeah. And the new love that a lot of people are finding today with Taonga Pūro has come from uh, the practice of many. And one of those practices that have really uh, inspired uh, a generation is the use of Taonga Pūro in, I suppose, what you would say, another type of whare. And I know uh, that type of whare is, is something that you've held close to your heart mm. um, and that type of whare that you've, you've worked for, for 
uh, many, many years uh, in the passions of what you do as a practitioner, as mm. an artist, um, you know, just or as a tangata, um, and and the use of taonga pūra within the revitalizations of um, te whare tāpere. Yes. And yes. so, yeah, ho mai he paku kōrero. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. it'd be great to hear um, what inspired you to rekindle the kupu or the use and, and, and the mahi of te whare tāpere, which Taonga Pūro has played uh, a beautiful part in terms of the use of Taonga Pūro in the noa state, not mm. so much in the tapu state mm. as it's known for, yes. but also in that performance state alongside yes. karetau, alongside kaikanikani, alongside story time. Yeah. Yeah, so so my my discovery and jo- and you know journey into the Faritapere comes directly out of the same journey I was referring to earlier, and that was I did a, a master's study in 1991 on Motetia of Ngāti Rauko Ngāti Toa, and when I finished that, I I was very much focused on the history and literature of Motetia, but not not anything at all really to do with performance and composition. You know, why did our people compose things? And when they came, when time came to perform, how did our people perform? What what were the circumstances? What were the the practices and the methods that our people used to perform? And it was while going off to in search of that question, find answers to that question, that I discovered this thing called the Faritapere, which I didn't know, didn't know at all prior to to that time. I discovered it. Yes, I discovered it in the the writings of Elston Best. But I also discovered it in things like the manuscripts written by Martin de Fifi Fungati Tor in 1852, where he talks about the story of Tsinido and Kai, which is the founding Pūrāko of the Whare And so when I discovered this thing called the Whare and we had such a thing historically in our culture, it just it was so exciting for me. I just <laughs> think, oh man, that's exactly, that's exactly, you know. Because it brought together the, my twin passions of, of, you know, of creativity, of artistic composition and creating things, together with, uh, you know, I was very conscientized into Tinoranga Tiritanga, you know, and I wanted to make a contribution to Tinoranga Tiritanga. So with the Whare Tapere, it, it brought these two things together into. And so I've been on that journey for a long, long time about how to be an artist and a, think, and a thinker and a researcher at the same time in the context of contributing to Tsunoranga Tseletanga going forward, yeah. Mm. So that, that was a very exciting discovery and I've been, that, you know, I've been on that journey now for I don't know how long, but a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and well, when you, when you took that step, took that leap of faith and uh, recreated uh, from your rangahau, uh, from uh, the knowledge pathways that, that took you into that space for Te Whare Tāpere. And I know um, myself included and another Taonga Pūra practitioners you brought on board um, to be involved in the Whare Tāpere and to bring a lot of those different aspects of Te Whare Tāpere from uh, the Taonga Pūro, the performance from the performance through to the traditional Māori games uh, and the traditional Māori games right through to uh, the aspects of, you know, the, the kākara, the, the, the sense and, and, and the storytelling. And, and one of the uh, interwoven things uh, with all of those practices was story mm. and song. Mm. 
Yes. And 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 I notice uh, like in the books of um Elsden Best and and when you do look back into a lot of the early writings, uh anything to do with, you know, uh I suppose Taungapuro being a musical instrument in one of its uses, uh and uh of course the traditional Maori games that either had a little lullaby attached to it, a waiata aringa attached to it, or some type of uh, waiata or, or performance base, and so the faretapere was seemed to be um, the perfect space to rekindle mm. those flames. And through the years that you started um, the faretapere through to today, how how has the uh, I suppose the journey? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting journey. I, I have to say, when I first Started, I first got interested in Whare Tapere was as a composer. And I went off to look for material to help my compositions. But the further and further I got on, and, and the more I saw I needed to do a lot of research to really understand where our people had been with it, it became a research project. And so the early, the first times that I was putting together I was very dominated by a research view of Faretapere, not so much a composition view. We composed things, we certainly did. We composed lots of things. I composed some things and things like that. But I would I was very much at that time of the view that because there were Tonga Puro and the Faretapere of old, we must have Tonga Puro now. Because we had Karetao and the Faretapere of old, we must have Karetao now, you know, that this kind of thing. But after a while, I came to see what's actually most important is the kaupapa, kia kawea And it is possible to select um, taonga puoro, program taonga puoro, or program karetao, or program haka, or program kōrero, but not achieve rehia, right? Mm. Because we're on a different kaupapa, we're on a kaupapa of inclusion of these things, not actually thinking about whether people really are having an experience of rehe here and what is rehe here anyway, you know. So after those those first experiments with Whare Tapere, you were heavily involved in too, of course, and in that in that early 2010s to 2014-15, um, I'd spent a period of time just reflecting upon all of that. And now, having returned now, um, which I'm really pleased that we're back on board now, we're on the, on going again. I'm really returned with real much greater commitment to the kaupapa of kia kawetato here and thinking about ensuring that uh, people truly have an experience of here when they come to the whare tapere. Uh, we want to inspire people. We want to uplift people. We want to teach them things about what's important and and give them an experience of here. So that's one of the really significant changes in my thinking over over the, the last few years, yeah. And I know as a musician for, for I'll say, many moons now. <laughs> uh, yes, and suns. <laughs> and uh, you involve yourself both in that traditional aspect through the more tia tia, mm. um, through to your love of contemporary music yeah. uh, as well um, from uh, – uh, whether it's playing a, a Fender guitar or <laughs> yeah. playing a um, Steiner piano. Yeah. Um, you've, you've played uh, with a number of 
Taonga Puro practitioners. Mm. Um, you know, as you said earlier, from playing in the early days with, with Papa Hedini. Yeah. And now the likes of those like Papa Hedini and Richard and Terangiria and Co. You know, are, no, are no longer with us. Uh, what they left is this new generation yes. of Taonga Puro practitioners and storytellers and musicians and, and artists that uh, are continuing their interpretation of uh, the love and uh, the passion to make sure Taonga Puro in this ever-evolving world that we're in uh, doesn't mimiti haere again or doesn't mm. uh, get lost in the cacophony of sound of music today. Mm. Tell us how how has as a as a composer of music as mm. a uh, as, as an artist or a musician what are some of the aspects that you look for in collaborating with a Taonga Puro practitioner yeah. or collaborating and creating music with uh, 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 an artist that's a Taonga Puro player? Um, so, you know, my personal approach to art making. So, I, I have these two careers. I'm a researcher on one hand. And of Mātauranga Māori, and on the other hand, an artist of some kind. <laughs> uh, and more and more, I'm really committed to art, which is really about getting to the truth of our experiences and who we really are as a people, and what's really going on in the world, and what's in it, and using art to talk about that, to un- unravel it, to interrogate maybe to unfold to explore and so on so telling stories i find is really really important interestingly i do that in my research career as well so <laughs> they, you know both, they do both in that um so when i'm looking for collaborations with tonga portal players it, it's always it doesn't mean they have to be like that but it's good to know that from each other that we know where we're each at you know and that kind of thing i think that's one thing secondly there is there is a thing called the, uh, I don't know, there's probably a better word, but the musical sense. When I when I play with musicians who I regard as true musicians, there's just something about them <laughs> that there's a sense, of kind of like a sixth sense inside them that they make great choices when it comes <laughs> to, you know, a musical melody or something or inflection or the choice of instrument or the mood to go for or something like that. And, uh, you know, over the years I've been, you know, really fortunate to play with play with some really great New Zealand musicians in different places and they've always got that. Mm. They've always got some kind of sense about them, about making great choices, uh, particularly a Tonga, really good, great Tonga portal players, of course, are terrific improvisers and, and have got wonderful intuition to intuit at that moment, that's what's required here versus that was over there and so on. And um, yeah, I, I don't quite know, put my finger on it, but I do know when I'm in the presence of real musicians versus musicians who will go through the motions and, you know, who can play guitar or can play the piano and things like that. But I, I, it seemed to me that there's something about being, a, there's a musical sense of some kind. Mm. You know, and and I love it when I'm with musos such as yourself, and you, I can just intuit, I can feel it. It's, there's a there's a thing bubbling away there that's that's exploring and coming up with and saying, no, I'm going to use the, this instrument at this point at this way. You know, and it's a great choice. It's uh, yeah. Mm. 
And so one of the wonderful things, and I know the likes of uh, no Papa Hirini and Papa Richard and them are looking down and you know, I think they have a could could hold a sense of pride um, in terms of, you know, Taungapuro is 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 in a lot of spaces now and uh, uh, people are using Taungapuro in so many different areas in education, uh, in health, uh, in science, uh, in so many different areas that, you know, the stories of Taungapuro would be revered being the foundation of that particular, I suppose, movement. Uh, such as the story that you talked about earlier of of Tiniro and Kai, because mm. for me as a practitioner, uh, that was uh, one of the, f- uh, I think about the third story um, that I'd heard in terms of when I fell in love with Taonga Puro. Mm. Um, you know, the first real story I heard was the typical because when I was starting to get heavily involved in Taonga Puro was I was living in, in, in Te Arawa, in Rotorua, and so, of course, I heard the story of Hinemoa and Tutanekai, yes, yes. you know, and then, uh, of course, you always, I, I, I loved reading those Guinness Book of Records uh, books back in the day and, and um, you know, the, the longest name, uh, in the world yes. always comes up and it's that uh, matafakatangi hanga ko wow wow yeah. o tamatea turipu kakapiki maunga horonuku po kaifenua ki tanatahu yes. and so that was the second and I'd heard of Tiniro and Kai but not the depth of the power that Taonga Puro played in it mm. you know and so were there many other stories in your pathway yes. uh, of of Nga Motete, of Te Whare Tāpere, uh, of, of other stories that you would hear um, for those up-and-coming uh, emerging artists that are listening? Was there a way that, that you found those stories or, or are there some words you can share that could lead them into finding stories of Taonga Pūro hidden within the, yeah. the, the breadth of Pūrāko that we have in Te Māori. Yes, I, I am absolutely convinced there is a lot, lot more out there to be discovered amongst our iwi apu communities. I feel like I've only just skimmed across the top and uncovered the more well-known stories of um, Tinido and Kai. Right here in Hauraki, we've got the story of our kuia ko te more from Whakatiwai, right where we are right now. She was an exponent of the Whare and there's a description of her performance in the Whare creating these illusions with her hands, stories like that. There's Tu Whare and Hine Motu, his third wife on the, on the Motu River. She's an exponent of the Whare Tapere. Uh, more well-known ones are things like Pungan Pohihuia in Auckland. It's controversial because it's not clear who actually composed that story and whether John White the ethnologists composed that story. Quite apart from the question marks about who composed it, it nonetheless contains some really fascinating detail about the Whare Tapere and about Taonga Pūoro performance and so on. I went off in search of stories that assisted the Whare Tapere, but of course there's lots of usages of Taonga Pūoro outside the Whare Tapere. You know, there's the, the amazing pahu that's at the base of the flagpole in the Tūrongo Garden at Ngāruawahia, at uh, Tūrongawaiwai. That's an enormous pahu that used to be on the Hākari Mata Ranges. Oh, and um, 
and uh, that was brought down I don't nineteen twenties or something like that. But it was a massive, huge stone pahu that used to be on the Hakarimata Ranges and was brought down. And it's now it sits at the base of the of the flagpole where they do the Paumari de Karakia in the garden in front of Tūrunga at uh, Tūrunga Waiwai. There's things like that, you know, uh, all around, all the way around the place. And uh, I think, uh, you know, if you're from Aitahu, for example, or if you're from Atsipuro, or if you're from Taranaki, I think just going into your own iwi kōrero, you, you will undoubtedly discover things. I mean, one thing I didn't realise, for example, we have a queer Ngātiroko in the south whose name is Te Tauopūtehue. Oh. That's her name, the Tauopūtehu. And I said, oh, that's got to be <laughs> something to do with the music of Hinepūtehue, you know. Lots and lots of things. It's it's a matter of, you know, just being on the journey to to explore and mm. find out. Because we're in Hauraki, you know, we've got a people right in Hauraki at Te Aroha, they're called Ngāti Tumutumu. Mm. You know, and you think, now... Oh, Goodness me, that's got to be something to do with because we know tumu tumu is not just the stone, but it's the actual act of beating and marking time. You know, so mm. there's a lot, lot more. There's some standard ones out there, the love stories. Um, there's lots of those kinds of stories where tonga puro features. Certainly, putorino and kōwowo and stuff like that. We have a story here, right? Um, uh, Marutuahu played kōwowo here. Bits and pieces of things like that. Uh, so yeah, yeah. There's there, there's a lot, lot more to discover. Mm. Yeah. One of the beautiful things is in series one, I had an interview with uh, Wurumu Sarich. Yeah. You know, and and he's uh, one of our beautiful exponents of. Ngātākoro yeah. uh, alongside Haku Brown and, and yeah. their whānau that have been really rediscovering and reinvigorating our tamariki and kura up and down the motu mm. all around the ao uh, with the specific games that our tupuna had uh, from the fai through to the most well-known, I suppose, in terms of uh, big games is like Kiorahi yes. and Hakariki, yes. Poitoa, uh, Mutorere, yes. uh, Heitama Tutama, Hippitoitoi. And inside those um, particular games was the, the power of song, mm. the power of Waiata. Mm. And is that sort of one of the areas where I suppose uh, could be uh, one way for this next generation coming through with, with the Taonga Pūro. You know, uh, I know Hine Wirangi Kohu always says, hey, Taonga Pūro isn't just a Kowowo and the Pūtorino and the Pūtatara. You know, yeah. your reo is a Pūro as well, yes. you know, to reinvigorate because when you see a lot of the old writings, there seems to be a song with everything. And have you have you noticed that uh, in your journey so definitely. far? Yeah, definitely. So with um, so a couple of things about Taikoro. The first thing about Taikoro is one of the reasons why it features so prominently in, in Faritapere is that Taikoro is a real quick way to get to Rehia. Mm-hmm. If the, if the kaupapa is kekawetate to Rehia, let us be taken by Rehia. If that's the kaupapa, one of the marvellous things of Taikoro is it breaks the ice quickly amongst people and boom, you're into that into that Arehia feel 
straight away. Mm-hmm. That's why I always love starting our Faretapere days with Tākaro. Mm-hmm. And, 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 either, and those who don't want to be part of Tākaro, of course, sit in the Whare and just tell each other tales about all sorts of things and <laughs> shenanigans and, and all that kind of thing, gossip or whatever. So that's the first thing. Secondly, um, there are many tākaro which have waiata associated with them. Certainly many of the fai, the string games, spinning tops, uh, the tāpōtaka, things like um, flying kites, tawakahoro uh, tarahi is the expression for that. So there are lots of waiata associated with uh, various tākaro. And then on top of that, there are, I think, some tākaro implements that are actually tonga pūoro and vice versa. I'm just trying to think of some. You might know some for yourself. Mm. But um, like we have a kōrero here about um, tāpōtaka was a very ngāti whanaunga here. We had a kāinga here called Tūwhituroa. And they had a tāpōtaka, they had a pōtaka there that was said to be very, very big. And it uh, and it really was very loud. It, would, it created sound as well as spinning. Mm. And people could hear it right down the coast. And that was said to be, you could hear it from afar, that they spun it so powerfully and it was designed in such a way that you could hear it from a long, long way away. So um, I think there are some tākaro implements which are equally tālapūoro, yeah. Mm. Mm. And what would you... Um, say to a lot of our up and coming practitioners uh, that are, you know, that have found whether it is through playing games. Uh, I know a lot of people have found a love for Taonga Pool or through music mm. uh, in, 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 in a musical sense. Mm. But more and more, we're discovering that there are a lot more people coming through and getting into Taonga Pool and learning about Taonga Pool through the things like. Um, things like the whare tapere, mm. rongoa, uh, the healing methodologies using taongapuro, mm. using their own tinana uh, as mm. taongapuro. What would your words of, I suppose, encouragement be for those that are trying to find where they fit? Because yeah. some, they may not be players, but they could be storytellers or they could yes. be involved in so many other ways. What, yes. what would your words of encouragement be to them? Well, first and foremost, like any artistic journey, if you're regarding yourself in that way, is to, uh, arts are very, the artistic journey is very much about getting progressively deeper and deeper and deeper into oneself and to understand you know, at depth what, is, what moves you and what's significant to you and what, where does your nature take you, where is your natural talents and inclinations and things like that. And um, you get to progressively deeper understanding of the truth of oneself, you know, and the truth of one's people as well as you as you go along. So, um, and that, that can take so many different forms. It can, you know, sure, it might directly take you to be a practitioner of Tonga Pūoro, but it might also take you, as you suggest, in the direction of being a storyteller who collaborates with Tonga Pūoro players, which is what I do generally, or composing music and then collaborating with Tonga Pūoro musicians, um, or a healer, for example, and collaborates with Tonga Pūoro musicians. And just on, on that theme, it's just reminded me of, um, we tend to think about Hoorah, we're so dominated by Western thinking, you know, it's just... Um, I'm talking about myself as much as anybody else. We're so dominant. So when we think about health and high water, we're still thinking about patients on a table and doing something, right? 
But I just re- rem- reminded of, of of our good friend Aroha uh, Yates Smith, who to me really um, brought home to me that wonderful and beautiful theme called the healing of the land, and where Tonga Puoro is the use of Tonga Puoro and the healing of particular parts of the land, which actually is the healing of the self, mm. you know. And I remember she came up to Waimango to our papakainga and uh, one of the very first things she did was this great big karanga to the whenua uh, and feeling, me feeling, you know, very honoured by that, of course, of having aroha there and, and doing that. But as our hui unfolded, coming to, to learn, see more of her thoughts about this, that the land needs to be healed and that, but the healing of the land is actually our healing. You know, mm, and the and the and the use of tonga puro in there, and uh, I think, sh- crikey, that's a, I was just about to swear the in Hortamona. Crikey, Dick, that is a, yeah, that's a beautiful theme, a very profound theme, you know, yeah. very profound, very very profound. Yeah. And I love that, and uh, I, you know, I love that. It, it really turned its it completely turns it, ourselves on our head and thinking of. When we think about, you know, healing and stuff like that, oh, there's a person unwell and then someone comes along and heals them, you know. Mm. Whereas this thing is, is actually about, um, yeah, healing the land, which turns out to be our own healing. So, yeah, mm. it's a beautiful thing. When Homanu Collective was, was put together, uh, I suppose in an official way, only a couple of years ago. Now you, you were a part of that journey, and yeah. and what eventually happened is is when we kickstarted off these new opportunities for Taonga Puro players up and down the Motu. Uh, you know, we we came we came up with a um, a fusion of 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 a fakatoki, and it goes. Um, uh, and through that particular whakatauki, you know, we, we bring in a lot of our aspects of our foundations through to our kaitiakitanga uh, and, and things like that. And was there through your journey of, of te reo Māori and, mm. and Ngamotete and your journey with Whare Tāpere, were there any or, or, or would you have a whakatauki or he momo kinga in regard to Taonga Pūro? Um, I once wrote a waiata <laughs> about, actually for that 1994 hui. Oh, okay. Uh, um, which was commemorating the arrival of Tonga Puro and Ngāti Raukua that had, you know, long, you know, our queer Pairo Winero, he was Pairo Tātana was her name. And she was, uh, you know, she was st- still playing Tonga Puro in the late 1970s. I think she died in the late, early 1980s, something like that. But anyway, many years later when Tonga Puro finally arrived back in Ngāti Raukua, I felt moved to compose a waiata about the arrival of Taonga Puro upon Roko Marae. And, and it goes, Te kaumārua rangi ngā marama o mei, ko tahi mano i wara iwi te kaumāwhātetau, i taimai ngā Taonga Puro ki rungo raukau mō tai tangatarau e. Ngā pōtiki toa rakaba māo māne e fiu ngā rai, māne e fiu ngā reo ki ngā rai o te motu. 
te tau o hinepū te hue te kaia o tūmata kōkiri. Te wāwauri tango o pūrere hua whakaurake ko te tau o ngā tūpuna whakaurake ko ngā reo o te ao. Hmm. Pūoru whakairo. Pūoro nuku pūoro rangi pūoro tangaroa. Ia humaira koe i hei te kukunu tanga i ngā pōra o te oro kohanga. Uh, and it continues and I can't quite remember the rest of it but, but it's all about the voices coming alive again yeah coming alive again um, beautiful yeah oh I just I just love those kupu puoro nuku puoro rangi puoro tangaroa yeah and are there any um, he kupu a uh, tāhau kia waihuake kia rātou e, e, e whakarongoana ma, kia, kia tāwe e kōreroana. Is there any closing words uh, that you'd like to share to those whānau that are listening? Uh, we've, we've, we've gone through a number of different uh, kete mātauranga from yes. you know, the journey of mō tētea, the whare tāpere, you know, both traditional and contemporary forms of music, working alongside Taonga Pūoro and, you know, and the stories encapsulated within Taonga Pūoro. Yes. Um, are there any uh, kupu whakamutunga, any closing words that you may have to all of those whānau that are listening? Well, just simply words of encouragement, really. Um, you know, we've, we've been given this tremendous gift from Hidini, who got the ball rolling, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, on the modern day. I mean, we all regard him as the godfather of, uh, you know, the modern day Tonga Pūoro. And he is. He truly is. He's, uh, and, he, and it's a wonderful gift he's left to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've all benefited from, from his passion. And then, of course, Richard and many others who who been part of the whole journey for the revival of Tonga Pūoro. And that's a, this is a, a tremendous gift that those, those people have given to us. And I think it's really incumbent upon us to make sure we do not allow this gift to disappear again and uh, that we, you know, fulfil and you know, strive very hard to meet their expectations and their dreams for it. So I think we've got to honour the gift that has been given to us. The second thing is have the same level of courage and commitment that Hedini had, and even better him, in the sense of, in the sense that he had the courage and the vision and the commitment and drive to bring them into reality again, to, to revive them again. The next step I see is to take that same energy and lift it up again by now searching for ways by which Tonga Pūoro becomes even more powerful in our communities, in our experiences, in our grappling with life today. That it truly, it's not, it's not that we, we need to move beyond the, the situation of saying Tonga Pūoro helps healing to really showing how Tonga Pūoro helps healing. So um, I feel that just as Hedini made that threshold of crossed that threshold from not having Tonga Pūoro to now coming to to into the world again, we similarly need to cross the next threshold, which is about maturing the tradition, expanding it, growing it, providing more colours within it, building new new instruments, growing the next generation of exponent performers and improvisers, and so on. 
I'm saying things, of course, Horomono, you're well aware of. Mm. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, we should match Hidenese uh, courage and his vision with our own and take what he's given us and grow it even more. Ano rere hoa, tenei te mihi nui, tenei te mihi rangatira tu kia koe. Kua roa nei au e hihi ana te kōrero tahi kia koe i rangi i ororua. Ano rere nō te pito o te whānau o haumanu ara ko tō whānau tērā. Tenei te mihi nui kia koe mō tō wāi wainganu i a tātou i roto i te kaupapa nei o ororua. So awesome to have you here in the Ororua podcast, bro, and to share your words of wisdom, your experiences, and, and your knowledge. And uh, so in that sense, whānau, uh, ngā mihi nui kia koutou e whakarongo mai ana uh, kia ororua, uh, tēnei māua ko, ko takutuakana nei uh, uh, te ahu karamu royal e mihi kawatsu ana kia koutou katoa. E Charles Mauriora tātou katoa, uh, tihei ororua kia koutou katoa. Tchau. Kia